plan. If you don't have it, it's like building a house in the desert and nobody can find you. I mean, you're just on your own and you're just throwing things together. You don't know what it's going to cost, where your break even is. Uh, even if it's a viable product, you might think it's profitable, but at the end of the day, with everything that you've got to put into it, it might be something that's negative that you should never get into. Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing how to start your business while working nine to five. We're going to be talking about the process. How do you do this while to build an online business while you're working your job? Some common mistakes and some productivity tips and tricks to help you along the way. Welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about how to start your business while working nine to five. Our guest is an e-commerce entrepreneur, growth coach, and an industrial engineer with a passion for helping businesses succeed. He served as in the Israeli Special Forces as a search and rescue operator, but be, before being pushed or be, before pursuing a career in entrepreneurship, he's also passionate about Stoic philosophy, personal development, and bodybuilding. We're welcoming. Uh, Yaron uh, Bean to the show today. All right. But before we uh, get to Yaron, uh, let's have a word from our sponsor. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by Shergo Marketing. Ready to take your brand to the next level on TikTok and Instagram? Shergo Marketing specializes in helping entrepreneurs and coaches build profitable brands on TikTok and Instagram and in less than 90 days. With Shergo Marketing, you can build your brand, create incredible video content, and increase leads without spending a single dime on ad spend. Visit ShergoMarketing.com today and elevate your brand. Now, let's get back to and Let's sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. And welcome, Yorin. How are you, sir? I'm awesome. Very excited to be here. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. So uh, let me see. This is exciting because uh, uh, it's very hard for people to go from a nine to five job, uh, especially if it's a corporate job, into what we're doing. And uh, anyways, I think it's a great topic, even if we're already Amazon sellers right now. So I see a few people on here that I already know are Amazon sellers, but it's just, you know, the strategy, the, the thought process, you know everything about working nine to five. I know that I, I've got a couple of really good productivity apps that I can provide a bit later on in the show. But why don't we start with um, uh, just building an online business while you're working? Like, how's it done? Awesome. Yeah. So I can share based on my own experience, but obviously context matters and everybody has their different story. Right. Um, but I'll give you a bit of a background. So I served in the Israeli Special Forces. Uh, most of the Israelis, once they get to 18 years old, they enlist to the army. So after spending four years in the Special Forces, I went traveling and I was uh, beaten by the traveling bag. And I knew that I want to spend most of my life uh, traveling, but I didn't really know how. 
So um, I started working in a nine to five job in a, in, in, a, in a corporate as a media buyer. And after about three months, uh, I was already spending approximately $1 million on Facebook ads uh, for the agency. And I realized that it didn't excite me and I didn't have any upside, no downside. It was pretty mundane. And luckily I, I met a friend of mine uh, and he showed me a screenshot of a Shopify store that he was actually selling online. And until that moment, I was I saw that Amazon and Shopify is just something that Google sell. But this kind of proved me that uh, it can be done. The morning after, my wife and I we bought a, we we built a big uh, Wix store. We knew nothing, but we built a Wix store and we started sending traffic from Facebook and we got our first sale. And this is the moment that we realized uh, money can be done online. And this was about seven years ago. Mm. And then while we were both working, I was working as a media buyer and my wife was an architect. We were building the business uh, in the evening and during the weekends and until we felt confident enough to quit our jobs and start working on, on our online businesses like full time. Um, do you want me to dive deeper? Yeah, I, I'm just, it's um, an interesting question. It's different for everybody. But mm -hmm. where did you say, like, how did you come up with that comfort zone? Can you clarify? I'm not sure that they're yeah, sure. So where did you come up with the comfort zone that says, um, all right, I can quit my job now. You know, did you have to have ex match exactly what you were making before money wise? Was it 80%? Where did your wife and, and yourself say, okay, we're good. We're comfortable. Uh, so we can leave our jobs now. Okay. This is a, this is an excellent question. And I really, I think it really depends on your personality type. Because to be honest, after like two months, we already were making more in the dropshipping business than our salaries combined. Yeah. Sometimes we even had uh, daily profits that were bo better than our salaries combined. But this wasn't, it's very, it was very volatile. So it, it wasn't an if we weren't hitting our profits goal, but we didn't feel confident enough because it was very volatile. So after like six months in one work, I went and started media buying in Fiverr as in the headquarters and I was spending also a lot of money on, on ads over there. And I, I, I felt that I gained enough confidence in my skills that even if my dropshipping store doesn't um, scale and doesn't work out, I can always go back to the corporate life. Although that wasn't the goal and, and luckily uh, it didn't happen. But it's kind of a combination of, of profits and consistency and you know self-confidence. You know, uh it's it's interesting that you're saying this because I don't think that's the norm that you mm -hmm. can, you know, in a very short period of time, make that kind of money. Um, I've always found that uh, if I'm talking and different sellers have different stories, but for the most part, it does take a little bit of time. Um, and it also depends on how much money you're throwing into the market, what type of model that you have. You went into the drop shipping model. And it's interesting. Did you just, excuse me for a second. Sure. I had too many cigars with Kevin King <laughs> during our last event there, but um, uh, uh, what was I saying? Okay. This is the old guy kicking in. What was I just saying? Uh, oh yeah. Did you just have a hit with the, the one drop shipping um, product that you had, or did you have multiple and it just was a nice blend? It was, uh, we had several winning products, um, but 
I think the main point was the fact that I was already spending a lot of money in my nine to five job. So this is where I acquired the confidence. I'm saying quote unquote confidence because it was a, a combination of confidence, skills and stupidity because I was spending, you know, 20K uh, for Fiverr on a daily basis. And then it, it didn't look a lot to me to spend 5K from my own pocket on Facebook ads for my own store because relatively I felt it wasn't a lot of money. Although it, there's a major difference between your money and the company's money, but it kind of blew in my mind luckily and this is why the profits were pretty high so uh what i'm getting from you is that uh uh you're using fiverr you're using wix two more israeli companies so uh mm-hmm. oh by the way by the way i don't know uh if you're listening is israel has a huge successful online community and not only on shopify but amazon sellers uh last time I heard there was 8,000 Israeli online sellers. I'm talking about strictly on Amazon. So it's a big uh, community over there. Um, Tomer Rabinovich. uh, I mean, there's a a lot of really great guys. But um, Mm -hmm. Tomer uh, uh, had just had another event out in uh, Santorini. But um, anyways, uh, Galad uh, Friedman from uh, VAA. There's just a million uh, Israeli uh, near Rava. I don't know if he's uh, listening today, but um, we've got some really great friends of the podcast uh, from Israel. So it's just a large community. And I have to tell you that I live in Toronto, which is a very large city. And it's so hard to get a group of people from Toronto together. Um, and I don't know what that is. Like Marina, you know, you're listening right now. And to to get out to go to an event, I don't know why, um, out of a city of three or four million people, that you might get a handful, you know, 17, 18, you know, maybe 40. But it's it's so tough to do. And the Israeli community is so great at just huge groups of people coming together. Now, I know I just went down a different rabbit hole, but it's just... It's just so important that, especially when you're starting, um, like getting out, migrating, transferring from a nine to five, you got to be around a community. And, you know, this is something we we should talk about is that did you leverage um, your your communities? Did you have any masterminds that you joined to help you, uh, you know, get into this business? Yes, it's a, it's a very important point. And luckily, uh, we were like a, a bunch of, of friends from actually childhood friends that all of us, we started uh, stores in the same time because we got this like the this system from a guy who told one of our friends and then he saw he started selling and then he told my friend and then he told me and then we gathered around like three different free childhood friends and all of us had uh, different stores and we were kind of bouncing ideas from one and another, and all of us were making pretty good money, and this was very helpful. Uh, I'm also very grateful for that, you know, because friends and masterminds are a great way to acquire knowledge and kind of accelerate your learning curve. Right. Um, and sorry, I've got a, I, I do have a, uh, I don't know if it's the air conditioning that's uh, that's here or not, but I've got a either a wicked cold that's coming or I've got something that uh, I caught, <laughs> but um, my, my head's going to be in the clouds today, but maybe it's just tired. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the process. So you, mm-hmm. you've got this course, you've taken the course. Now it's in the dropshipping model. 
the process of building this online business. You said you went to Wix, uh, which is just, it's like a Shopify platform. You build mm -hmm. your own website very easily. It's drag and drop. Um, what, uh, what did you do? What did the process look like? So I might, I, I might, you know, share a caveat that the process back in the days is not the process that I suggest doing today. Okay. But <laughs> what we did, I mean, I don't suggest weeks and I don't suggest our testing methods, but it's what worked in the past. But today I don't think it's uh, such a viable way to, to go about, uh, but what we did basically, we created a, a week store which had different products and we started driving and it was a dropshipping from aliexpress back in the days yeah and we kind of just took ads from competitors placed them in our facebook ads made some video editing modifications and poured money and started comparing the click for rates and cpcs of each ad and based on the cpcs and ctrs we kind of went about and optimized the funnel until we saw one product was standing out with regards to the ROAS, return on advertising spend, and then we invested more money in order to scale that product. So between that mm -hmm. and today, uh, where are the differences? Okay, so I, I I think that the biggest difference is today um, we played a very a game that was focused on volume, very small margins, like $5 per unit sold uh, of margin, but we went for volume. So we had like days of, of 800 sales, 500 sales, 1000 sales, and this was the whole model. And I think it was more relevant back in the days when Facebook CPMs were lower. Mm -hmm. So today the media buying, at least at Facebook, seems to me way more expensive. So I don't think it's as easy to be profitable on the front end. Um, so, the, by the way, pause me if there's any any jargon that I'm using that is not from the world that you know, uh, or that I need to clarify to the listeners. Uh, but, um, so I think today it's more of, you have to have more capital in order to start. And you well, also have to Excuse me, so on the capital side, I'm, I'm really curious about this. Mm -hmm. what, is, what is the average uh, amount of money that you think uh, a new seller should have? Great question. And and today when anybody comes to me for advice, I tell them, listen, I know you don't want to do this because this is probably what exactly you're trying to avoid in the corporate life, but you should build a business plan. Most of the people ignore the business plan and skip this, but it's so important. It is. So I think that there basically everybody has three different resources or levers they can pull. You can either have a time or money or coding abilities. So based on these levers and your resources, you should define your business plan and, and realize how long it should take you until you become profitable. This is like the wider, broader question. If I need to like dump it down, I would say if you don't have at least 5K to invest in learning, and, and testing products don't even enter this game. Yeah, the, and, and you're talking about on the dropshipping side, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If, I, you, if you're building a brand, it's even more expensive because it, you need to absolutely. order inventory, etc. Now, depending, I mean, there are some people in the industry, and I, I respect these people that have been on the podcast. Um, there are different models for private label that you can go and you can test at a a, a lower dollar value. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm. 
I'm still in the belief that it's 15 to 20,000 that you need for mm -hmm. private label. Um, at least if you're doing the way that I do it. Um, but that's typically what you would look at. I like uh, that. I mean, something you don't hear very often is the business plan. Mm -hmm. And Kelsey, uh, he knows like the first thing I say, anytime we get into anything, all right, let's build a plan. It has to be there. I, I, I and <laughs> Afalabi, he's tired of hearing this, but you can, if, a business plan if you don't have it, it's like building a house in the desert and nobody can find you. I mean, you're just on your own and you're just throwing things together. You don't know what it's going to cost, where your break even is. Uh, even if it's a viable product, you might think it's profitable. But at the end of the day, with everything that you've got to put into it, it might be something that's negative that you should never get into. And uh, I, I mean, it takes time. But at the end of the I, going again, at the end of the day, you'll be able to have a clear vision whether you should get into this product or not. And um, now, th th this isn't the first thing I would do. Like, I'd already do my competitive analysis, keyword sure, research, sure. do all of that. But if I'm going to the next step and I'm going to throw $20,000 into something, I'm building a business plan. And mm -hmm. it, it, you can expand the business plan as the business gets uh, bigger, but I've dealt with, I've dealt with a bunch of eight figure uh, companies and they don't have a business plan. It's shocking. Mm -hmm. they, and, and it's shocking how much money they probably wasted. But um, anyways, I'm just glad you brought it up. Very few people do uh, with dro drop shipping nowadays. Have you ever used Timu? Uh, not really, but uh, you mind if I if I elaborate regarding the points that you mentioned because I have a few things that I want to emphasize. Go ahead. So so you said that they are making eight figures, and I find it important that listeners won't derive from this that it's good to go about without building a plan. So they are they are doing eight figures despite the fact that they didn't yeah. create a plan, and not because they did a not because they didn't do a plan. So this is the first thing that I want to emphasize. And the second thing is I understand the objection of not wanting to build a plan because I ignore this advice because I wanted to move fast, you know. But uh, And I said, okay, I don't even know what will happen. It's a completely new uh, sphere for me. So how can I build a plan if I don't know where I'm going to? But I think it's an incorrect assumption because the business plan has many benefits that you don't necessarily have to stick to the plan to the T, but just the fact that you sit down and build a plan, this is what drives you forward and gives you the progress. Just analyzing and understanding all the scenarios, this is one of the biggest values of building a plan. And I think it's important to emphasize because I realize why people don't want to build a plan. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. But it it is a must. In fact, um, one of the eight-figure brands, $10 million in sales when they came to me, they thought they were doing really great. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are guys, <laughs> they're great guys. If you're listening, you know who I'm talking about. They're great guys, but they literally had everything in a shoebox. <laughs> and and uh, so they they really didn't know where they were at. And they've been in business for a few years and they were losing $100,000. And one of the biggest uh, leaks they didn't check their PPC. Somebody had set up their PPC 
and their ACOS was over 700% in, in some of the areas. And it was just leaking money. But they had wow. $10 million. That's why I never listen to top line revenue. Like anybody, oh, I do $25 million. What's your bottom line? Like, yeah, that's that's the key to me is how much are you really making? And um, anyways, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that one of these top sellers ended up uh, losing money rather than making money. Now we were able to turn it around mm -hmm. and it wasn't really that hard. But um, anyways, just wanted to add that. And kind of on that note, you know, we start talking about building out a business. Uh, but what about building? Like, why, why is it so crucial to build assets uh, in a business instead of focusing on just creating income? Yeah, this is a great question. And I also, again, I can answer from based on my experience, because one of the things that uh, I think is a common mistake among dropshippers is dropshipping is a pretty high cash flow generating initiative. So it can generate a lot of cash and it's very exciting to test a lot of new products. And, and once a product sticks, you can kind of pour money into Facebook ads and see the product say, scale and get a lot of sales and also get a lot of profits, you know, bottom line, as you mentioned. But if your store is very generic, it's just, and it's only dependent on one source of traffic, it's basically a cash producing machine. But once this uh, traffic source dries down or this product has any issues, you don't have anything left in your hands. And this is what happened to us back in the days when we built a dropshipping store. So we were making great money. But as soon as the iOS update came about, this completely changed the Facebook ads game. And we were kind of stuck. Nobody wanted to buy the, the business. Um, and since then, uh, I kind of advocate for making it a point to understanding the importance of building an asset and diversifying the traffic channels and not relying on one traffic source. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying. This is a, a Mike McClary uh, ASM 4 or 5 where he coined the term blitz market. You know, you, you just can't go in with one channel. If you do, uh, chances are failure going to be quite, you know, quite high. But uh, blitz marketing, you know, uh, and uh, Mike's been on the podcast a bunch of times. And uh, I just love that. When I saw him saying that on stage, it was, yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. Um, if there's any questions about what we're talking about, like we are talking about drop shipping model today and kind of changing your nine to five to a full time uh, Amazon seller or not Amazon seller, but a full-time e-com uh, job, just throw them in there. How hard was it? If you're already an Amazon seller, when did you make the decision or how did you make the decision to trans transition from um, full-time job, corporate job, whatever you were doing into e-commerce? Uh, for me, it was a no brainer. Uh, I've been doing this since 1990, mid 90s anyways. Um, so, you know, I, I understand it, but it's, the game is a lot harder. You said something else, and I don't know if other, um, people, uh, had picked up on this. You said you invested, uh, in courses. So you said, and I think I got this right. You invested $5,000. If you're not willing to invest at least $5,000 into courses and product, then don't get into it. How important was the course? Uh, to you or finding courses no so so probably i missed uh, i i uh, i didn't 
um, convey my message correctly. So I'm saying at least 5K investing in learning, but it shouldn't, it doesn't have to be necessarily um, courses because I, I believe in, as there is a framework that I find useful, it's a framework for learning just in case versus just in time. So a lot of people are taking courses just in case they will need the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in taking courses just in time. Like you have an issue or you want to build something, then go ahead and buy a course or find a mentor or speak with a friend. Um, but I'm not saying necessarily that paid courses are the way to go because I also believe that learning from experience is very important. So I, my main point is that you have to be willing to invest at least 5K in the whole experience of learning and building the, the business, not necessarily the courses. Okay, very good. So I noticed that we are at the bottom of the hour. Uh, so people, if you've got questions, throw them in the comments section about how you got to where you were. Or if you're brand new and you're looking, if you're at that point where you're just questioning whether you should get into the e-commerce business, let us know and we'll uh, we'll talk about that. We'll get them towards the uh, top of the hour. Anyways, we have a giveaway today and uh, Boy Blunder. Why don't you tell us what it is? All right. So we are giving away an hour of my time. So we're going to be doing a full social media um, discussion, consultation um, about your goals, what you're looking for, or what you want to get out of it. So you can send me your links. I'll take a take time beforehand to go over everything and uh, check it out. And then we'll have a call and we'll talk about some strategies and what you can do differently um, to achieve those goals. Okay. Can I enter? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> okay. So anyways, uh, yeah, you can pretty much talk about anything, uh, to Kelsey social media wise or whatever you'd like. He does a, a great job for the show. Like if anybody is following, or if you go into our Facebook group, uh, the podcast, this is all Kels. So he takes care of everything for us. Um, and uh, he's doing a, a really great job. Even with our newsletter, uh, he's got us up to a 70% open rate. So it's it's fantastic what he's doing. So if you're interested in uh, uh, getting a consult with Kelsey for an hour, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, and you'll get a second entry. So before we get into it, Let's, uh, let's have a word from our sponsor. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by Rebate. Attention sellers and brand owners want to reach more shoppers and boost sales? Rebate's platform connects sellers with shoppers seeking great deals on new products. They make it easy to offer promotions, handle rebates, and ensure seamless redemptions. With countless reviews from satisfied customers, Rebate is the go-to solution to increase your sales. Visit Rebate.com today and start reaching more shoppers. Now let's get back to the show. So, by the way, when we were at uh, BDSS, which was a really great event, Kevin always pulls off fantastic events. Um, we were able to see Tom over at AMZ Elite. It was great seeing him and, and Joe again. And Brian came over. So Brian actually lives in Puerto Rico. And uh, I've bumped into him at a bunch of different uh, events. But uh, it was really great seeing him as well. So um, anyways, uh, just quickly, that Titan event is on the weekend. So if you are interested in it, uh, Chris Rawlings, who 
usually draws a, like uh, some of our most popular uh, podcasts are with Chris. So he's going to be there along with a couple of other speakers. So just um, if you are interested, let us know. Uh, Athena has brought down the ticket price from $149 to $99 uh, for Lunch with Norm. So just check it out. And if you are uh, going to be coming out, that's super. Now, there is a, a VIP one to a VIP dinner um, that uh, that happens. I'm not sure which date it is. But uh, anyways, if you're interested, I'll see you there in Toronto. Okay, let's talk about automation now. You've you've built your business, this dropship business. How do you automate or make it scalable? Okay, this is a great question. And this really depends on what is someone's appetite for automation and code. Um, obviously, there are a lot of tools out there that kind of streamline most of the processes. Back in the days, some of these tools were not available, but I'm a big fan of, first of all, trying to look for the tools that you need specifically for what you need at the moment that you need it and not before, like the concept of, of that we discussed before regarding just in case and just in time. And if you can't find anything out of the box, there are two alternatives. One is uh, like Zapier and all the tools similar to Zapier, which are basically API connectors. And for the people that are more interested in code and want more freedom, uh, I highly suggest checking out RPA tools. RPA stands for Robotic Process Automation. And I'm a big fan of Microsoft Power Automate, which basically allows you to create amazing automations of, of whatever you feel like, uh, desktop automations, um, Windows automations, a lot of different stuff. You just build flow as complex as you like, and it really streamlines whatever you feel like so it's a bit what of a was learning that called curve. again microsoft power automate microsoft power automate okay yeah. it's a, it's a very powerful tool we, you can basically record what you're doing on the screen or in, in the desktop and it remembers what you did and then you can add like conditions variables or whatever and it's going to do this whenever you want it to do uh, to do it so it's a very powerful tool I, uh, for Mac, I, I use Mac, uh, automator mm -hmm. automator is such a time saver. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it's similar to this, but, um, if you haven't checked out automator and if you're on a Mac, you probably don't even know you have it. You got to check it out. So one of the things, uh, just for, let's talk about Amazon user. Mm -hmm. So you get a ton of uh, images off of your camera. Well, uh, you could change the size of the images, change the resolution, change the name of the images, add metadata. There's so many things that you could do. If it's uh, PDFs, you could uh, you can shrink the size of the PDF. There, I mean, there's literally a million different things you can do with Automator. Uh, you, if, if you can think of it, it's already thought about it. It's it's fantastic. But uh, these are really great tools. The other one that we like. Um, is that we use we use a lot of the Google products. Uh, we use Zapier, but we use Browse AI. And uh, Browse AI really is an incredible uh, tool that a lot of people don't know about. Have you have you ever used Browse AI? No, I'm exactly kind of looking it up. What is, oh, oh, is as I'm talking, right? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, because I was do... you picked my curiosity, so. <laughs> It could do a lot of different things. And uh -huh. I mean, there are a lot of new tools that are coming out AI based, but
but there's so many other tools out there like for apps for productivity and let's just one of the biggest things that you're going to need to do when you're when you're getting from nine to five if you're trying to get loosen up time if you're doing this in the evening um just getting rid of your inbox like just putting it on pause and that's communication has always been the hardest part at least for me to to you've got all these channels coming in don't answer them just you know do it okay come in shut your time off or pause your inbox um i use uh boomerang which is probably one of the best tools on the market uh just to schedule um like you can you can set up your your scheduling for your emails um the other one let me see if i got it i don't know if i have it on here oh i forget what it's called but oh i wish i was on my other computer anyways the this tool uh, and i'll put it i'll give it to kelsey afterwards but all you have to do is you type in the first couple letters tab and it fills in whatever you want so it's kind of like a form but it's all these things like address. Okay. Instead of doing a macro, you just uh, type in home, like H A D D uh, address, right? And then tab. And okay, work A D D W A D D tab. And it just starts filling in all this information. So it's this repetitive stuff that you yeah. always have to do. There's so many products that are so many apps out there that will help you work your way through the day that it's just, it'll give you so much time. Shortcuts. Like right now, if I hit command and I just hold on command, uh, it'll bring up the shortcuts for any app that I'm on. So I can see, uh, you know, what it is to uh, navigate through all the shortcuts on a field. And so it doesn't matter where you are on your in your computer, no matter what window, if you're in an app, it'll show you all your shortcuts. And just shortcuts uh, mm-hmm. can save you so, so much time when you're, and it's all about that. Time is literally money. For sure. It's the most scarce resource. And uh, the, the, the softwares that you mentioned are very powerful. I love the autocomplete um, extension. I don't remember the name, but it took me a while until I found something and then it kind of started to being being a bit buggy. So I went to ChatGPT and I asked it to create a Chrome extension for me. And I basically created a Chrome extension with canned responses. So it's I use my own Chrome extension for <laughs> what you mentioned that autocompletes the address or all the details that I repetitively write. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's, uh, I was just trying to see. Give me two seconds. Oh, I know what it is. Here we go. It's Briskine. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's B-R-I-S-K-I-N-E. I believe it's free. And it is probably one of my most used apps out there. All it takes is two seconds to set it up and tab. And all you do is... You know, if I'm writing about this coffee mug, it would just be, you know, LWNC tab. And it would just, it it is, it can be canned responses. It could be, uh, I have a person that gives me a lot of introductions and I just, it's, here it is. Here's my, uh, here's my calendar. It, It just saves so much time. So these are the sort of things 
that you know we need as entrepreneurs. Let's let's uh, talk about a couple of other things now before we get into the questions. Um, common mistakes. What do you see? Uh, some things that people are doing that uh, uh, you've learned from. Sure. Um, so I think we discussed most of them during our conversation. So first thing is is not building a plan. So I think we covered that. Yep. Um, and the second thing, I think the most important thing, and it also relates to to productivity in a certain connection to productivity is lack of tracking or lack of accurate reporting. So this is exactly what happened to the brand that you mentioned, uh, the 10 figures, uh, the brand that was making eight figures top line, but they were leaking money. And this also happened to me and my wife. Back in the days, we were spending like 5K daily on Facebook ads, and I was sure that we were profitable. But I didn't see that projection of the profits in my bank account. And I thought it was like some sort of a lag between the, the payouts from Stripe and PayPal. And I kept on, you know, increasing the scales and, until I sat down and really, you know, created very, very organized CSVs and pulled the data and everything was pulling from the data sources and no formula that I kind of came up from my brain. And I realized that we lost approximately like 25K just leaking, just bleeding money on a daily basis. We lost a few hundred bucks, but I didn't realize this until I became like really accurate and kind of anal with my tracking and reporting. So I think that reporting and tracking are very, very important and they are often overlooked because they are not so sexy. So I think this is like the most common mistake that I see that people don't really know their numbers. They kind of have an idea about their numbers, but they don't really know the numbers to the T. Uh, okay. All right. Very good. Okay. So uh, let me see. I think the only last question is more of a extension because I've, I've cut you off, uh, mm -hmm. but on productivity, are there any other um, apps or things that you can talk about, about productivity? And this time I'm going to be quiet and let you talk. No, for sure. For, I didn't. I, didn't uh, I, I felt that the conversation was dynamic and awesome. So I have <laughs> no complaints, no worries. Um, I think there is a, a huge distinction that has to be made between efficiency and effectiveness. And as an entrepreneur, it's very easy to work fast and using all the tools that we mentioned and just feeling, okay, I'm moving fast because I have this text expander and I'm pausing my inbox. But sometimes I find myself doing a lot of stuff that I'm not even supposed to do. So I'm efficient, but I'm not effective. So I think that once I realize there is a huge distinction between both of them, I realize that I, I need to plan my goals and plan my week and also have someone hold me accountable. And for me, this is one of the biggest secrets that I'm using, that I have a friend that I met in a mastermind and we are accountability partners. So every week we share with each other our goals. And at the end of the week, we kind of report to each other. I did X, Y, and Z. I didn't complete W because whatever reason and then i know that i have to report to him and he holds me accountable to what i said i would do and i do the same for him and i feel this is the most powerful thing that i've kind of started doing in the last two years instead of all the productivity hacks that are useful but not as useful as some, someone really nagging you and holding you accountable at least from my perspective 
that that is a great uh, great idea. Uh, I've known I've gone I've, I've gone to some events, and you sign up with an accountability partner. I I, I used to have a um, uh, a group that that's what you did when you signed up for the group. You had an accountability partner, so that's really um, that's it's interesting that you said that because I, I, I you know I constantly thinking apps apps apps, but yeah, think of a human. Um, you know, no better than a, a really uh, a person that's going to be all over you if you don't get something done. And, and it doesn't have to be like it could be all in fun. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it should be taken seriously. Now, that could be husband and wife as well. Like you, you and your wife work together. So, uh, oh, that could be dangerous. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't suggest this. <laughs> we tried that. It didn't work out so well. Yeah, that could be really dangerous. I take that back. So I, I do want to mention one other thing, uh, and there's a million apps out here. We, we could do, uh, uh, you know, just a ton of different, uh, uh, We and we could do an episode on this, and we will do an episode on this, but a couple that we use on a regular basis, first of all, is Loom. Um, it, it's, it's actually uh, uh, picked up a little bit of AI as well. So now it kind of titles everything for you. So you know, uh, doing a search, what you were talking about, plus it does a transcription, which is pretty cool. So we, we are very active on Loom, our whole team is. And the other one is a link to text fragment. So I always, I, I don't wanna always copy over a full page. But I'll be reading something and I'll highlight, you know, maybe a sentence or two. And then when I copy it over to notes and whatever you do on a PC, but I copy over to notes, it'll it'll have the the text, the fragment. And all I have to do is click on it and go back to the um, line and it'll go back to the article I was reading. So I find that to be fantastic when whenever I'm looking at articles or looking something, especially now with AI, there's so much reading. And if you're taking courses, it might be something that you, depending on the course, where you can just link to a piece in the transcription and then go right back over to it. It's, it's, it's great. So the name of that was uh, Link. Uh, what is it link to text fragment so check it out uh and we'll come back and we'll talk um about a whole bunch like i've got i've got hundreds of different apps that i either really like or i use or i recommend um okay so let me see we've got a couple questions kels you want to get into those Yep, uh, here we go. So we got two questions that are in here. Um, the first one is from Brad, and he's asking, we did the dropshipping model for a few months, uh, lots of customer returns. Uh, now I'm selling products from my own Shopify store. What were we doing wrong with dropshipping? Or maybe what are some mistakes specifically with dropshipping that sellers are often making? Okay, so I mean, it's very hard to know because I don't have the context for what exactly was he doing because dropshipping is just a form of fulfillment of inventory. So there are different types of dropshipping and different um, ways to conduct the dropshipping business. And we discussed a lot of common mistakes. Um, based on what Rad said that he had a lot of customer returns, I'm under the assumption that the products that he sold were not verified by him or his team and they were of low quality. So this, this is what I'm assuming went wrong, but I don't, I can't really tell because I don't have the whole context. Okay. All right. 
And then from Sana, uh, our last question, I have $20,000 saved up and I'm 19. What would you say I do before I start my very first e-commerce store besides taking courses? This is also a great question, which I get asked a lot. Um, I really believe in the importance of specific knowledge. So if you're already dialed in and you know that you want to build a dropshipping store or an e-commerce store, I suggest looking for a job in an e-commerce store with someone who you can consider a mentor and start dipping the toe, your toes into the water and taking more responsibility in the business, see the ins and outs of the business, the downsides and the upsides. This will give you a better idea of if this business is for you. And also it's a good opportunity to gain knowledge without risking uh, a lot of money uh, because you probably have more time at your on your hand at the moment because you're uh, young and lucky. And so I think finding finding a job, at least for the beginning, a few months, just to, to get a sense of dropshipping and e-commerce. And from there on, slowly and gradually transition to your own business. Yeah. Uh, and I can add to this too. Uh, first, uh, when you're looking, I, I want to really stress this, is that if this is money that you can lose, great. If this is money that's going to hurt you, Sana, um, be very, very, very careful. Uh, I've been in that predicament and uh, literally leveraged all sorts of different credit cards and it came back to bite me. Um, you don't want to do that. You're 19 years old. And if you can't, if you can't do it yet, uh, like, like you were saying, uh, Yaren, uh, is go get a job, be an apprentice. Uh, you know, it, apprentice doesn't mean free. Um, some people will pay, but get to feel, get to understand the business. Um, a lot of courses will give you the basics, but it doesn't mean that you're going to understand the business. Like Amazon, for example, it's a big beast. The other thing is you go into e-commerce where you own your customers, but you have to pay to get that traffic over because nobody knows you. Or do you go over to a, a, a uh, an Amazon and they have the captivated audience, but you pay for it. Like you, you pay a lot of money for that nowadays. Um, so there, there, there's a bunch of different things you should consider before investing and then making sure, and this is probably the biggest. So this is one of the things I got at BDSS that we were talking about um, with a, a bunch of different sellers is just where to shave a percent off here, 2%, 3%. Um, it's, it's so important that you don't overpay for things nowadays, but, um, anyways, get a course, really stick to it. Like if you're, and I would recommend, um, if you're, uh, if you're looking for a course, either the amazing.com course or, uh, going over to freedom ticket and, uh, checking that out. And if you don't know where to find that one, it's over at helium 10. If you subscribe, uh, I believe they still give you a free freedom ticket course. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but I think they still do. So anyways, check that out, uh, get into it. And one other thing, um, become an expert. And what I mean, I tell my kids this all the time, do one hour a day of reading or whatever you're interested in, just one hour a day and you will become an expert in a year. So, um, anyways, that's, that's 
the only advice I can give you. I would really hate to see you lose it if um, if this is your only income. Okay, and Sana had some uh, follow-up questions. Um, uh, there are no e-commerce business jobs available. Where would I be able to find these job titles? Or what would the job titles be? Um, is there any specific job titles you would look for? Oh, okay. Um, I've got one that uh, if you want to become an apprentice, uh, go to Acadium. Acadium always is looking for uh, apprentices. And um, I just you're, you're looking to expand your knowledge in Amazon. And then what will happen is uh, uh, you'll get picked up that way. I'm not even sure if Galad over at VAA um, would take on, because he hires VAAs. Uh, VAs. Um, I'm not sure if that would be a good way to get into it and then to expand out. I know a lot of VAs that have uh, have uh, uh, started as a VA and then expanded out with their own money. Um, so yeah, definitely these, uh, that's one area that I would check out. Acadia uh, is a great company, Canadian company, and uh, they have hires from all over the world. So even when you're starting your business, uh, if you don't know Acadium, I think it was $4.99, you get somebody that's, um, a skilled, like I know the one time we were looking for somebody, person was from Yale and it was $4.99 for three months and it was 10 hours a week. You couldn't go over top of that, but uh, they're, they're a great company. Um, check it out. Uh, a lot of people don't even know it's around. Okay. And then our last question. Um, so you mentioned um, there's a different, a couple of different kinds of drop shipping. Um, what are those different kinds of drop shipping? What are the different levels that people can get into? Yeah. So I mean, there is no everybody considers uh, this. It's a uh, it's how I define this. So there are drop shipping high ticket, which are you know ticket products that are selling for very very expensive products with bigger margins. And this game is normally with uh, Google Shopping. And there is like the low ticket game and we're still discussing Facebook ads. And there is like dropshipping in the marketplaces, email, Amazon, uh, eBay, Walmart, of, of probably it's more, more likely a lot of these are already banned. So you have to find workarounds or non-existent anymore, but there are different types of dropshipping business. I mean, it's the same business model, but there are different ways to conduct the business and everybody labels them differently. But the way I see it, you make a distinction between your own store and selling on a marketplace. And if you're selling high ticket or low ticket, these are like my distinctions. Okay, very good. All right. So I think that's the end of the questions, right, Kels? Yep, that's it. Perfect. All right. So let's get your contact information. If anybody wants to reach out, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so people can just look up my podcast, which is called the Ecom X Factor podcast, or they can look up my name. My name is pretty unique. Not many Aaron Bean on Google. So if they look up my name, they will probably find me. And Ecom X Factor is the website. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. And I'm mostly active on LinkedIn. So people are very welcome to reach out on LinkedIn and discuss with me. Fantastic. All right. So let's go to our last uh, call out or our spo sponsorship, and then we'll head over to the Wheel of Kelsey. And if you haven't 
entered the Wheel of Kelsey. Uh, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people. You get a second entry. You got about 30 seconds. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by VAA Philippines. Looking for a high-quality virtual assistant for your business? With the rigorous screening, intensive Amazon and Walmart training, and ongoing professional development, get the peace of mind with skill and motivated virtual assistants for a long-term working relationship. Hire through VAA today, and now let's get back to the show. Okay, uh, what what's his... Oh, LinkedIn. Okay. So, uh, uh, Sana... If you just check out Yarum Bean, uh, just that spelling, you'll find him on LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, so you've never seen the Wheel of Kelsey. All right, so here we go. Here is the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. So thank you, everyone, who entered today's Wheel of Kelsey. We do this every single podcast. And uh, let's see who today's winner is. I'm going to shuffle these up. If you are the winner, please email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com. And it looks like Rad is the winner. All right, Rad. Congrats. Congratulations. So we'll set up a call and just go over your social media. So, um, yep, I think I have all your information. So this should be easy. And we're good to go. All right. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You are off the hook. Uh, and if anybody has any questions or wants to con contact uh, Yaron, you, we have the information in the comments or you can find them on uh, LinkedIn. But uh, again, thanks again. This is an area that we don't really talk about too much. But it's so important, you know, being able to switch from that corporate job or whatever you're doing right now into the e-commerce business. So once again, thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. All right. We'll see you later. Okay, everybody. Um, that's it for today's show. Kelsey, you got anything to add? All right. So I posted uh, Yarin's uh, LinkedIn, so you can check that out. Also, congratulations, Brad. It's going to be fun talking to you. I haven't seen you in a while, so it'll be good to catch up. And uh, yeah, I think we're good to go. Um, just make sure you smash those like buttons. Uh, if you have questions, comments um, about the podcast, you can always email me k at lunchwithnorm.com. That's k, just the letter k, at lunchwithnorm.com. And uh, join our Facebook group, Lunch with Norm, Amazon FBA and e-commerce collective. Like we mentioned before, there is a Toronto Titan Network Mastermind event happening um, this weekend. So if you're in Toronto, uh, you can hang out there. Marina, I think Tony, me and Norm are going to be there. So it's going to be fun. And uh, I also got a request. I haven't told you this, Norm, but uh, another Trash My Products. Um, a brand was interested in doing a Trash My Products. So um, we might be opening it up for another Trash My Product episode. Um, if there's interest, we're going to, we'll put up some posts and look for some products to review. But anyways, that's might be okay. in the pipeline. So uh, just let us know if you're interested. And I think that's it. Great. So join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Like I always say, uh, we have a great community. If you're not part of it, join us over at our Facebook group, the Lunch with Norm Amazon or e-commerce and Amazon FBA collective. That's it for today. 
Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here. Entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur.